0: With his own nicotine pouches. The Motor Racing Network presents an MRN original podcast series.
1: Have a look at Jeff Gordon. He's starting to close the gap.
0: Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior.
2: I don't look at him, at him as grown-ups when I'm out there. I just
1: look at him as competitors. What a big day for young Jeff Gordon and the Bill Davis Racing Team.
3: This is a, the biggest dream come true for me ever. Jeff Gordon is leader, Earnhardt is second.
4: Sorry, bud, but Jeff Gordon, he's just a better driver than you are.
1: Jeff Gordon holds off a last lap charge by... By Jeff Burton and wins the Winston Million.
4: He won those championships. He revolutionized the sport. They're
1: side by side on corner number
5: four. Gordon leans on Jimmy Johnson coming down to the line.
0: People can see there definitely was a change in our relationship. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina. Here's your host, Brian Nelson.
6: Welcome back to MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. I'm Brian Nelson. We begin this episode near the end of 1999. Jeff Gordon, by age 27, had risen from promising sprint car talent to NASCAR superstar, winning three championships with crew chief Ray Evernham. They'd won a Daytona 500 together. Here comes Jeff Gordon down to the line to win the Daytona 500.
7: Ray Evernham, it's official now. You've won the Daytona 500. Congratulations.
8: I, I mean, I don't know what to say.
6: And Jeff had become the world's face of NASCAR. But as the 1999 season wound down, uncertainty over Gordon's greatness and his future arose. As 1999 and that time
2: uh, came, I was definitely concerned. You know, I was, I didn't know, um, could could we find a a replacement that could ever live up to Ray Evernham? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, right? So uh, we had a lot of success together. People, you know, that were willing to stay, people that were going to go. You go through all that, that, that process that, you know, some of it's exciting, some of it's, you know, not fun at all. So, yeah, I definitely felt a lot of pressure.
6: Crew chief Ray Evernham left the team to pursue team ownership himself, seeking to bring the Dodge nameplate back to NASCAR racing. The Evernham gordon dream team broke up after a 17th place finish at Dover. Rick Hendrick turned the 24 team over to a young engineer groomed at Hendrick Motorsports, Brian Weitzel.
9: Race engineer um, was not uh, in that role, but we had, and there was not a car chief, there was not, you had to have, you were covering a variety of topics at that time. So in 99, I was uh, the primary guy at the racetrack that would apply the setups that Ray had in the car or wanted in the car to the car, um, and uh, just understanding that and, and helping with the decisions on what we were going to do with the car. Um, I would you know, make suggestions to the setup, but Ray certainly had the, the final call on that.
6: How did his departure impact the chemistry of the team? I mean, was there any division? Was there? How did that Did it upset the apple cart at all, or what was the team spirit like? It was
9: certainly a big deal. No one really knew what to expect. Um, you know, how much is it Jeff Gordon? How much is, is it Ray Everham? How much was the combination of the two of them? Um, and certainly that was a, a, a tremendous deal. Uh, what it did to the—I mean, it changed. You know, it was between Ray, myself, Ed Guzzo, and a couple other key players that ran the team, both at home— and uh, on the road and because again the staffing was not as people imagine it today you were very lean um, and you had to do many things so uh, when Ray and Ed left um, basically you took three of the triangle away leaving me um, so that was tough um, picking up all three of those roles at the same time uh, and again that and transitioning that's why we brought L- Robbie Loomis in is because we needed to prop that back up Um, because we were just too weak at that time.
6: Weitzel was named interim crew chief and was challenged with rallying the troops following the departure of one of NASCAR's all-time greatest crew chiefs. Facing immense pressure, Weitzel and Gordon found success early, their very first week at Martinsville Speedway.
3: Jeff Gordon will start from fifth position here this afternoon. Twice he's won here at Martinsville and had an awful lot of top five finishes. Good racetrack for him. And despite a major shakeup on that team, they still appear to be just as solid as ever. Let's get more information from Winston Kelly about Jeff Gordon's team and what they expect today. Well, no letdown in qualifying and one of the quickest in practice yesterday. Jeff, your chances for a third Martinsville win today.
2: Well, uh, you know, we, we had a really good car yesterday, and I think the track's going to, you know, change quite a few times during the day here today. Uh, last time we are here, we were really good, and then late in the race, uh, we got a little bit loose, as uh, so did a lot of other guys. So, uh, you know, we're going to gonna try to be prepared for that towards the end of this race and keep all the fenders on it. And uh, I tell you, I feel really good about it. Everything's gone well this weekend. And these guys have really stepped up, and I'm really, really proud of them.
3: It's a new era on this 24 team. How would you describe the mood of the team this week, and is it a situation where the team feels like they've got something to prove?
2: Well, you know, we're all missing Ray and and, uh, wish he was here, and it's definitely different him not being here. Um, But looking at the situation, I I tell you, the the mood's been good. All the guys, uh, you know, are willing to step it up and and really uh, look forward to the challenge. And so, uh, you know, that's the most important thing is – that these guys are going to be supporting uh, brian and and, and me and, and the whole effort that we're going to be taking place that's going to be taking place here in the future and and so far i've seen good results
3: no question ray Evernham very talented but also no question this entire rainbow
6: warrior team very talented and jeff gordon and the team roll off fifth today jeff raced with the leaders most of the day but didn't appear to have a winning car New crew chief Brian Weitzel showed guts late in the race, giving Gordon track position with a risky strategy call.
1: The leaders to pit road. Lap 476 will be the stops. Earnhardt in. Labonte comes in. Gordon stays out. Gordon's going to stay out and take the track position in the race lead. Here come the rest of the leaders. So, Brian Weitzel. In his first race, as the crew chief of the defending NASCAR Winston Cup champion team gets put on the spot to make the big call, he says stay on the racetrack, take the track position. Let's go back to pit road. Well,
7: let's get a word with him and ask him why he did that. Uh, track position is worth that much. Brian's going to lean down talk to us. He didn't pit, Brian. Why? Uh, track position.
9: I mean, it's always important. Even if we don't win the race, we will still in the top five, I think.
7: Can't wait to take Okay, so that's the story from Brian Weitzel. Back position, you guys call
3: it. And Brian proving he has the guts to make the call and stick with it. And a, not, a, not a bad one, I don't think, for Jeff Gordon. We've got 22 laps to go when they come off the corner up here this time. And at worst, he's probably going to finish in the top three somewhere in that range. So I think it's a pretty good gamble.
6: It proved to be a good decision. Jeff stayed up front to win in Brian Weitzel's first race as crew chief.
3: Here's Gordon down to the line looking for the white flag. He sees it. Earnhardt, two car links back. the lap, they go to one.
5: Last opportunity for Dale Earnhardt. If he's got anything, he's going to have to pour it on now. Gordon brings them off turn number two down the back straightaway. Fans are standing here waiting to see if Dale can make anything happen. He's right up on the bumper of Jeff Gordon at four.
1: Tries to get to him in turn four. Gordon gets the run off the corner. He'll hold him off. Jeff Gordon wins. In Brian Weitzel's debut as a NASCAR Winston Cup crew chief, makes the strategy call, stays on the racetrack for track position, and Gordon holds off a late charge by Dale Earnhardt to score the victory in the Napa Auto Parts 500 at Martinsville.
2: Of course, the first couple weeks were a pretty good transition because Brian Weitzel came in as as, uh, the crew chief, interim crew chief, and we won the next two races, and I'll never forget the text messages that I received from Ray. The first one was Martinsville, and we won that race. And he said, uh, see, you didn't need me after all. And and then we went to Charlotte, and, and I don't know if that was the next week or a week after that, and we won Charlotte. And then he sent me a text is like, okay, now you're starting to hurt my feelings. <laughs> so...
6: Three days later, after the Martinsville win on October 6, 1999, Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick signed a deal to make Gordon a lifetime member of the Hendrick Motorsports team. It was a no-brainer for Hendrick, who said the three-time champion was still in his prime.
4: Well, you know, uh, we talked, and, and Jeff and I have always been close, and and he lived with me during his divorce, and... and uh, and, and we talked about it. And I said, look, I want you to be here uh, as long as you race. And he, uh, he said that he wanted to. want you to be involved in the team. And uh, so we've been together all these years and never had a misunderstanding, never had to have a lawyer involved. We could do it with a handshake. And you can't say that about many people in this garage.
6: Gordon signed a lifetime contract, and Hendrick made him an equity partner of the team. I mean, we did a lot of work. To behind the scenes
2: to make a deal like that work out no matter how long it lasted, you know, as far as how long my career lasted, uh, that, that I felt very comfortable with. I, I, I never doubted whether I wanted to be with Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports. I, the only doubts were is the business side of it. Going, uh, going to to be the best play uh, because it's really hard to to sort that out. Okay, lifetime contract. What does that mean? How? What's your salary? And and you know, the fact that Rick wanted to sign a lifetime deal with me meant a lot to me. And and I didn't. I really never saw myself driving for anybody else but Rick Hendrick. Um, so when we started putting the, the deal together, it really came down to, all right. We all have to compromise. A good deal is when both sides compromise, and we did. And and part of that was I took some risk, um, where I might not be that the top paid driver. Uh, it depend on sponsorship dollars and performance. Um, but is it a fair deal? And and that that was the way I looked at it. And it certainly was from Rick's side. Um, you know he was taking some risk too as to what what was you know was I going to be able to uh, give the team or give himself uh everything you know that that, that team deserved for a long period of, of time was i going to stay healthy things like that uh sponsors were sponsors still going to want to uh, uh still be a part of the, a team 10 years from then and it looking back on it is it the best deal that i've ever done uh it worked out in so many ways maybe we didn't win as many races and championships after that but um you know, it, it just, uh, I, I think it really built a relationship and a bond between Rick and myself and a business relationship that, um, that, that, that really took things to the next level for us and, and is why we're in the p- position that we're in today in, in, with, with such a great uh, working relationship.
6: The team finished out the year knowing a championship was not in the cards for 1999. But between Evernham and Weitzel, they won seven times. Gordon, the team, and much of NASCAR Nation questioned whether the Rainbow Warriors would be the same without Evernham at the helm. Listen, we had growing pains in, two, uh, in the year 2000. It wasn't as easy as that. In the year 2000, a fresh face took over the pit box as Robbie Loomis was named full-time crew chief. Ray had left
2: a lot of, you know, parts and pieces and and, and really left behind a great team when, when he left in 99. In 2000 was when we really tested ourselves when Robbie Loomis came on.
6: It was a trying start to the year for Jeff, beginning with a 34th place finish at the Daytona 500. But by Talladega that April things seem to be heading in the right direction. Jeff
5: Gordon shows the way. Skinner is there. Kenny Irwin is there. They're inches apart. Single fly up the back straightaway. Skinner looking to the inside, but again, Gordon shuts him down. Final time down the back straightaway. Gordon, Skinner, Irwin, and Earnhardt. Irwin to the inside on Skinner can't find room. Everybody blocking everybody in the low line. Back in third, Dale Earnhardt takes it to the top of the rim in turn number four. He'll try to mount a charge for the third spot. But back up front, it's Jeff Gordon looking for his first win in the season, feeling the pressure for Mike Skinner.
1: Try oval for the final time. Skinner's got one corner left. He's fading a car length back from Gordon's bumper. Here's Skinner going to try and look low off the trioval. It won't be enough. Jeff Gordon wins the diehard 500 at Talladega by about five feet over Mike Skinner. A tremendously exciting race. i just going to be more proud of this DuPont Automotive finishes Chevrolet team to, to get,
2: you know, keep their heads up and to get back to victory lane today.
7: Where's Robbie Lewis? I was going to get a word from him. Uh, Robbie, uh, congratulations. Does this take a little pressure off?
9: Ooh, i tell you what, I'll get some sleep tonight. I don't think I've slept <laughs> since I took the job, but, uh, you know, coming in this deal, I knew I was getting the greatest driver out there. Brian White's had a great pit crew set up and, uh, Randy Dorton, all the guys had great engines. It's just, uh, real thankful. I'm glad for Rick Hendrick. He'd been, uh, feeling a little under the weather this weekend. And I think probably he's feeling a little better right now.
7: Now you've been on the other side as a crew chief watching Jeff Gordon make these moves. Did you think he could do it today?
9: I knew he could do it uh, every day. You know, we were kidding each other a couple weeks ago at Bristol. I told him I was waiting on him. He told me he was waiting on me. So, uh, today, you know, they just did a great job. And Jeff, he drove his tail off there. And uh, he showed what he can do when it comes down to crunch time.
7: He sure did. Fourth last week at Martinsville. Victory today. The 50th win for Jeff
6: Gordon. Jeff won at Talladega then waited seven more races to win again at Sonoma. The team's final win of the year came at Richmond in September. Gordon would finish the season ninth in the standings, and doubts about the team's future without Ray Evernham grew larger. We went through a real struggle in 2000,
2: and, and that, so, so I think a lot of eyes were on us, and it was like, ah, it is Ray, and, and you know they're never going to be the same, uh, and started doubting us. And by climbing through that year and, and really building, finding our weak links and, and where we could be better, and then going to 2001 and just have a rock-solid season where we're winning races, we're competing at a high level in, in, in you know, championship form again, and then to complete that
6: task um, was very, very gratifying. The 2001 season began just as the year prior struggling in the season-opening Daytona 500. But Gordon and Loomis quickly found their feet, winning the pole and racing to a third-place finish in Week 2 at Rockingham. By the end of the season's third race, they'd broken through with a victory in Las Vegas. In May, Jeff Gordon earned his third victory in NASCAR's All-Star Exhibition Race, the Winston with a backup car. Down the
5: back straightaway for the final time. Jeff Gordon's Dupont Chevrolet trying to prove that their second best car is plenty good enough tonight. Right on the bottom of the racetrack, off turn four, he'll head for the checkered flag. After crashing in the first try of trying to get into the Winston, then going to the garage, going to a backup car, Jeff Gordon is going to win. For the third
2: time in his career, Gordon wins the running of the Winston. When I hit the wall, uh, I tell you what, that was a hard hit. Uh, there's just nothing sweeter than to come back. I said, you know, boy, if we win in this backup car, it's going to be quite a story. That's quite a story.
6: (laughs) In June, Gordon won at Dover, his second points-paying victory of 2001.
2: Gordon brings the DuPont
5: Chevrolet through turn two, flashes wide off onto the back straightaway. Steve Park has cleared the lap car of Jeff Burton, but Jeff Gordon brings the car back into turn three looking for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon will join Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd as four-time winners at Dover Downs International Speedway. He'll pick up his second win of the 2001 season. I think, Jeff, you
7: tried to lead every lap, and you almost did.
2: Well... You know, we just had such a a great car that it wanted to be out front, stay out front, hopefully, and I think that uh, these are some great things to come.
6: The team started to emerge as a real threat for the 2001 championship. In the season's first trip to Michigan, Jeff again won the pole position and the race. Rudd looks to the outside, Gordon
5: blocks, he pulls up the banking, Rudd looks to the inside, tries to make his move dives down to the low side of the racetrack. The white flag is out. Ricky Rudd has the lead in turn one. Here's Rudd asking his Ford for everything it has, but Gordon fights back to the outside. Gordon drives deep into the corner. He regains the lead. He's got it by almost a car length. Rudd will have to chase him if he wants to win. One final time out onto the back straight away for Ricky Rudd and Jeff Gordon. Gordon has the advantage, but Rudd will try to close down once again in turn number three. The advantage, two car lengths for Jeff Gordon.
3: Jeff Gordon was strong in one and two to grab the lead. Ricky was strong in three and four when he took it away just a moment ago. Here they come off turn number four. Final lap coming down to the checkered flag. Ricky is there. Can't get a run going and Jeff Gordon is going to win.
2: This is our 100th win for Hendrick Motorsports and I couldn't be more proud to be able to, to get this one for Rick here in Michigan and we're also just want to send our prayers out to Papa Joe. Uh, we know he's going to be okay and our prayers are with him.
7: The 100th victory for Hendrick Motorsports and for Jeff Gordon here at Michigan. Speedway.
6: He took over the points lead. The successes continued to pile up through August. He kissed the bricks at Indianapolis after earning his third Brickyard 400 victory.
1: Jeff Gordon yesterday celebrating his 30th birthday said he was not going to celebrate yesterday. He hoped to hold off the party until today. Get ready to blow out the candles on another victory for Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon started 27th. He will finish first. He will become the first three-time winner of the Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
5: Then at Watkins Glen, all Jeff Gordon has to do is work his way back around here to the start finish line, and he has picked up another victory in NASCAR Winston Cup racing. His fourth win in five starts here at Watkins Glen, his fifth race of the 2001 season, his 57th career victory, and for Hendrick Motorsports, their sixth win at Watkins Glen International. You talk about the cream rising to the top last week in Indianapolis, he follows it up here at Watkins Glen, winning again, and I think. I think that championship picture is starting to get clearer and clearer here, Barney.
3: Yeah, they're going to have some heck of a finishes the way they've been running here if that team keeps the momentum they've got going. Let's pick him up out on the course as he heads down to the checkered flag.
5: Jeff Gordon making his final turn into turn 10, into turn 11. Jeff Burton right there, but of course we're under caution. Jeff Gordon on his way to start finish.
6: He won at Kansas in September and kept his sights locked on winning a fourth Cup Series championship.
3: White flag comes out for the leader this time, Jeff Gordon. He has an advantage of three car links on Ryan Newman, a bigger advantage than that. On the rest of the field, they go to turn two.
5: Ricky Rudd managing to hang on to third for now. Rusty Wallace takes another shot at him, but the leader, Jeff Gordon, is on the backstretch. Final time, down the backstretch and into turn three. It looks like Jeff Gordon is headed for victory. He has a lead of about three car links over the second spot of Ryan Newman. Battle for the third is wheel to wheel between Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin going at it as Jeff Gordon comes to the line and wins the
2: protection 1-400. You know, this is the type of team effort that's gotten us where we're at right now and we just can't wait for the remaining races but great call uh, you know, by, by Robbie all day and the adjustments and the car just got better and better as the race went on.
7: And what he means by that is a run for another championship. That's Jeff Gordon. He wins the first race here at Kansas. 2001, I think, was the most rewarding season that i ever had. That's the 2001 Winston Cup champion, Jeff Gordon. Gordon was no longer the kid. A four-time
6: champ, he had overcome the pressure of winning without his great friend and crew chief and became a leader himself. Here's Jeff Gordon's stepfather, John Bickford.
8: When you come into a sport and you're from a completely different world, Jeff was put under a huge amount of scrutiny. That Earnhardt didn't have that scrutiny. None of these other guys had this scrutiny. They, they came up through stock cars. They were they may have gotten a ride before they should have been the eyes of somebody else. But this kid came in from a completely different place. And he came in Shortly after a movie came out, you know, with Tom Cruise and playing Cole Trickle in this movie, and, you know, so there's a whole lot of little things, but Jeff came in knowing he had no real financial resources behind him, no stock car experience to speak of, and he was going into a world, um, and he had to be accepted. And he put a lot of energy into trying to mold himself into being accepted by the people. And what happened was that he put so much energy into it, he almost became somebody different than who he is. Once he achieved things and he became a leader instead of a wannabe, okay, and he could lead himself back to being who he really was, and not have to constantly doing things to meet other people's expectations. I'm now the leader. I'm now winning 13 races a year. I can win a championship. I'm, con- you know, I'm bringing new sponsorship. I'm bringing all sorts of new things to this sport. I'm bridging New York City Wall Street to the South. You know, I'm what Bill Francis dreamed of. I'm all of these various things. And the media loves me, and I'm cooperative with them, and everything like that. I don't have to be. Anybody other than who I am, and at that point in time, he became very comfortable in his own skin, as they say. Here's Rick Hendrick. About after his fourth championship,
4: I think that was um, when he was mature. I mean, he he had grown up a lot. He'd been through a divorce, and and you know he had new crew chief and. When Ray left, he had to become the leader of the team. He really, and he wanted that. He wanted to be the leader. And I think that's when, I think as soon as when the departure from Ray, he kind of spread his wings. And, and all of a sudden, when he wasn't winning championships and not as many races, he was growing a lot of fans. And uh, so I think that was the time. Having the security of a lifetime contract at
6: Hendrick Motorsports and an ownership stake in the company, Gordon forged on, believing more victories lay ahead. Next time on Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. With four championships to their credits, the Rainbow Warriors slid from great to good and struggled to regain the dominance they had known in the 90s. That's next time. Until
0: then... I'm Brian Nelson. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior was written and produced by Tyler Burnett. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained within this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.